guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man, and tonight I'm joined by none other than Sugar Beats, Kenny Wade. Dropping the beats. How are you, yeah. Kenny? Back. I can't believe you let me back on. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, there's been a, there's been a lot of change, uh, since you've been gone. We've, you know, mm-hmm. we've cleaned up the podcast. We've swept the floors. We've added some uh, pr- improvements and different things. This uh, is a professional establishment. Let me, you know what? Uh, let's see. Thanks. Yeah. Try, try. I can go put on a blazer if I need to. I'm trying my hand with a soundboard and it's gone horribly wrong. So many, <laughs> so many times. Um, it's got like pages and pages and pages of different sound bites, right? But to turn the page to another one, you have to get dangerously close to the edge of, of, a, a soundbite, right? Glory. Oh, not the edge of glory. No. The, okay. So here's what it's been. And I hate that I'm going to play it again because it's happened so many, like Lucas or one of the other guys will be talking. It's a serious moment. And I'm trying to find a soundbite for a setup for something that's coming. And, and <laughs> nine out of 10 times, this is the one that's happened. Oh yeah. It's so, like when somebody accidentally doesn't turn down the volume on the video they're watching on the Graham stream prayer church. Right. Yeah. So Kenny, you're back, mm-hmm. man. And you've I'm been, here. you've been busy, my man. Uh, Have I? you've been, you've been interviewing some high profile people and you've been spartaning and you've been just, it seems like, man, you're on the go. Now I feel tired. Like I, I wasn't feeling tired. <laughs> I wasn't feeling busy. Now I do. Okay. So now I do. I guess when you, when it's all laid out in front of you, it can make you a little tired. Little, little, no, man. I mean, I, I just, I'm just doing stuff just like you. Oh, well, having, having fun doing life, enjoying uh, the journey. So, so we're not live streaming this episode. And uh, I explained to Kenny before we got onto the episode that it's me. It's not you. It's me. I understand that. (laughs) No, let, let, let's get a few things out of the way before we get really rolling into the episode. We're not live streaming because we need the opportunity for the live stream to catch up. No, for the audio podcast audio to catch up with the live stream so that we can kind of release the two at the same time. So we need to take a few weeks from, from the live stream. Uh, Also absent from this evening's recording is the bald eagle. Cool Breeze and Brutus, who also are Lucas, Andrew, and Matt. And, uh, and each of them, uh, well, I don't know what Lucas's excuse was. He never really gives me one when he can't be here. Andrew, Andrew's ill. He's not feeling well. Matt, uh, because it was a Thanksgiving weekend here in, in Canada, uh, had to catch up with work. Lucas, I think, said he couldn't come. And and then I saw he signed under the Xbox. So mm. that's suspect. That's suspect. Mm. Having said that, you know, first day back at school, he's a teacher, right? So first day back uh, at school after the long weekend, a lot of turkey, a lot of family, and now back in with kids. That's got to be, you know, that's got to be tiring. Uh, so and, uh, and I tried to pull the, I forgot how to log into Zoom. I'm not sure. If I'm going to figure this out, like I've never done this before. Oh, that's what you were, that's why you were trying to, yeah. you were trying to bail t- as well. You're, no, I just didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so that's why the other guys aren't with us this evening. They are, uh, ill working or, uh, AWOL. The other thing that we'd like to make note of is if you would like to contact the show, Oxford Holy Club, you can do so uh, with our email, OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I know that's not all of them, but those are all that we are involved in. So that's all for us. And our handle there is at Oxford Holy Club, the at symbol and then Oxford Holy Club. The other thing I want to make mention too is if you'd like to use the Anchor app to leave us a one minute voice message, you can do that. And the link is in the show description. You can leave us one minute, 10 seconds, whatever you would like. And uh, and unless you tell us otherwise, we would love to put that on the air. Also, Kenny, we've always said at the end of our episodes that if we receive a five-star review, that we would read it on the air. And here we go. We've got one. 
Wow. Yeah. Momentous. It is. We've had a few, we've had a few, uh, which was pretty cool. And this one comes from user, uh, iTunes user, uh, wedding07 exclamation mark, which seems more like a password than a username, right? Am I, is it just oh, me? Let does, me go try it real quick. Is that not anyway? Uh, so wedding07 exclamation mark says, and I quote, great podcast. I love this podcast and listen all the time. Keep up the good work. And this is from Melissa. And then quotes, definitely not her husband rating his own podcast on his wife's phone. Candy. Melissa Candy. Wife of Lucas Candy. Oh. Has, mm-hmm. has left, has, has left. I really can't tell if this is her or him. If I'm just being honest. Wow. He planted a five star review for you to read on air, which is probably why he really can't make it tonight. So that he could hear it authentically. Right. The last thing you want to do is accidentally get asked to read your own rating of your own show. It's all so, coming clear. So now. that's why he's not here. Okay. 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 Kenny, I'm going to mm-hmm. hit you with a hypothetical question. Please. And, and at some point during this episode, I'd love to just to sit down and just chat with you. We have, there's, we haven't talked a whole lot in, in a while and it would be great to catch up and find out what's going on with life. Until we, sure. get, until we get to that point, Ken, mm-hmm. if you could put wings on any species of animal, which animal would you choose and why? This is easy. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. This is an easy one. Buffalo. Duh. Bu- the buffalo wing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because then they won't be so small. Okay. Wait. Like that'll 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 feed your family for like six months if you have a an, a legitimate uh, buffalo sorry. wing. I understand now. I yeah. I thought you were saying that that the buffalo are small, and putting wings on them will increase the buffalo size. No, no, full full size like <laughs> bison, right? Right. Like put wings on them. Sure. There's some other complications that are going to result from from this happening. Okay. What do you There'll think? be all kinds of midair collisions. There's going to be all kinds of falling projectiles. Um, there's just a lot of things that are going to happen if that happens. But the buffalo wing, like buffalo wild wings, this this could be the best thing that ever happened to them. Do you think? Not a sponsor. Yeah, definitely not a sponsor. I, I mean, I do like buffalo wings. I do too. Right? Um, I wonder why they call them that. What what was do you know the tie in for why they're called? I presume it has to do with the place more than the animal. I did not come that prepared. Oh. I did not come that prepared for this, oh. and I want to make up a bunch of stuff right now. Okay, uh, um, let's, okay, let's <laughs> let's pretend like we know what's going on here. Um, Kenny, mm-hmm. could you tell me the etymology of buffalo wings? Where where, um, where did it all begin? Let me just ask the internet. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'll narrate while while you. Mm-hmm. I, I see Kenny rocking in his chair. You could make like computer sounds. Um, Flip a page. Okay, hold on. I can do this. No, 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 no. Like, like a. Oh, that. Yeah, that makes computing. Me, oh, that's definitely in here too. You. How long can we make this last? While I look for it. Oh, there's a bunch of. Uh, <clears throat> Are you ready? Darn it! I just can't. Yeah, I can't scroll fast I mean, enough. I don't. This is going to like take away the mystery of all of it. Okay. But you should know this because this is closer to you than it is to me. Really? Geographically speaking. Okay. This tasty item originated in Buffalo, New York, USA. With most with wicka, wicka, Sorry. with most food historians, <laughs> is that the thing where like you actually do the flush sometimes, but this time it was a wicka wicka. Yep. Wicka, wicka, That's wicka. exactly how that happens. With most food historians indicating buffalo wings probably were first served in the Anchor Bar. Anchor? That is a sponsor or not a sponsor? No. Uh, hmm. Anchor is not a sponsor. We don't do, we don't really do sponsors Platform. anymore. Yeah. 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 Don't do sponsors. Okay. Um, anyway, Buffalo, New York. That's why they call buffalo wings. They were chicken wings and they prepared them. And in Buffalo, New York, and that's why they're called that. And but I think a wing should go onto a buffalo and, and a bison, like a North American bison. 
Water buffalo, they're mean. They're they're mean. Oh, everybody loves a water buffalo. Uh, they're mean. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they're if they're fat or slow. They're mean. <laughs> All right. You know what? For me, I'm going pigs. I I thought I thought long and hard about this one. And yes, this was good. This was my second choice. Oh, I'm glad to know that you were on there with me. Oh, I was. I was. Uh, because I mean, how many times would it just be amazing for someone to for th- that somebody doesn't know that this has happened and they make the comment, "Oh, when pigs fly," and then you bust out, you know, "Babe, the flying pig." And they do. And they do. That's the sound of a flying pig. <laughs> you have sound effects, but you don't need them <laughs> nope. because you're so good at just doing them with your face. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. <laughs> it's a throwback. <laughs> Time travel. Well, when you were, t- I found one. I've been hovering on this page because when you were talking about buffalo wings, I wanted to use the one called Yummy, and and because it sounds like this, I I hope it's appropriate. Yummy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yummy. Yummy. <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking pigs, and I, Lucas made notes, and because he's not here, uh, I think we're going to use his notes. Well, I think if they're worth mentioning, I think they're worth mentioning. Lucas chose horses because then we have Pegasi, uh, which is of course the plural of Pegasus, which is mm. the, you know the flying horse, and that's a magical world that I can get behind. Yeah. You, I think if this is logical, this is logical. You know, if, if my kids had the opportunity to choose what, what they would put wings on, I think my daughter would choose a horse to put wings on because that's magical, mystical. Could you imagine if I had, if I had the power to choose this and every kid was watching and is hoping for a magical flying horse and I chose pigs? I'm just saying. Yeah, but that's impossible. Like if pigs could fly. I mean, that's, that's why I thought of that. Like, that's, you know, that it's just like that impossible dream that you have could be a flying horse. Yeah. If pigs could fly. Uh, okay. So. Pegasi. Pegasi. Yeah. I like that. Lucas, if you're listening, um, in a couple of weeks, I, I like your answer too. Uh, this comes from Yahoo and I didn't write down the Yahoo user, which is odd. I don't remember why I didn't, but they asked this question and, and I could not pass it up. We've answered similar questions, uh, kind of in this theme, but the question is this, Kenny. Is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Now, before you answer, I'd like for you to, to hear the context. Um, they say, being it's covered, ar- oh man, what an odd sentence. Being mm-hmm. it's covered around and has filling inside like a ravioli, but it isn't meat and sauce like a ravioli, but same concept. That was a hard sentence. Being it's covered around and it's filled inside like a ravioli, but it isn't meat and sauce like a ravioli, but same concept. So, so this person has found themselves at some kind of weird child restaurant. They've been served a pop tart, but they felt like they ordered the ravioli and they would just like to know what's happening. What are your thoughts, Ken, on, on this hard hitting issue today? My, I mean, my deepest thought about this really is Hot Pockets. Oh, Hot Pockets. Now, yeah. Now, I mean, I think this is a Jim Gaffigan question. I think this probably came from one of his routines. Oh, really? I I have no, no. idea. No, I have, n- no, I have n- probably, no probably idea. Not. Now, let me tell you my own, my like own original thoughts to this. Not really original, but just when I read this, I went, it doesn't matter. Pop tarts aren't food. Well, ravioli is actually food. It's like came from grain. Well, now hold and it on. Came from meat. A pop tart. Tell me, tell me how a pop tart is actually food. Well, there's. I mean, it has to have. It has to have food components for it to be edible. Is that is that the case? Is that I don't know. I don't know if that's true nowadays. It's it's got, this is a highly processed square of frosting and sprinkles and uh, pastry. Substitute. Okay. okay. Oh, do you do you think it's pastry substitute or is it pastry? I don't know. I I, I here. This is my guilty uh, food conscious talking because the child in me absolutely loves pop tarts. Sure. But the the aware adult in me 
says, this is not food. Now that you're woke. I'm eating it like it's food, and I can eat 12 dozen of them at a time. And I feel not great afterwards. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't feel good. You're, is that really the record? Is that the the waiter can't can't the waiter record the Wade record? Okay, this is this. Okay, if we could go back in time, the heavy Wade belt. This would be my. This is this is my this is my short answer. Is a pop tart a ravioli? Doesn't matter. Pop tarts aren't food. Raviolis are. Okay, uh, I I disagree. That's you, great with you. I disagree. I, they've got to be food. We wouldn't. I'd like to think that we wouldn't serve a non-food item to our children. I get that they are totally unhealthy. I also get that we serve cheese slices are like that are one ingredient away from plastic. So I get that we're probably <laughs> we're probably pushing the envelope with these things and and the. And, to, you know, to give them the shelf life that they need and to give them all this different stuff, like we're probably pushing boundaries that we shouldn't in, in the culinary space. But I have to believe in my core that 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 is in your a, gut, in my gut, that it is a pastry because <laughs> if pop tarts aren't food, then pizza pops aren't food. Oh, and and I can't live in that world because explain a pizza pop. So a pizza pop is very much like what did you mention? Um, a, hot hop, a hot pocket, but imagine a hot pocket but pizza. So it's you know it's it's got its um, it's not a pastry, but it's you know it's shell, I'll follow. I'll follow. It, it, it's shell, and it's got all the cheese and the meats inside. But you know they're all diced and cubed, and because that's how meat really comes out is is just like that. <laughs> And then you microwave it right for, out of the buffalo. You microwave it for three minutes, and and then you've got this steaming hot um, pizza thing. And I'm not going to lie, I I, uh, I live a five minute bike ride from from work, and instead of going home for lunch, I bought two boxes of pizza pops, and have been eating those. And feeling terrible, by the way, when they're done. Really? Well, yeah, because I mean, again, I, I feel like we're pushing the envelope of what is food with those. But. What is food? Okay, thank you. Not that you're agreeing with me, but it sounded similar to agreement. Okay, but at some levels. So, tell me what a ravioli is then. So let's just get back to the heart of this question. I feel like we're we're trying to now wrestle with with a a, a, a meta question of what is food, but mm. we just we just need to bring it back down to the micro level here of what is a ravioli by by its definition. I feel like ravioli should have meat in it, and so a pop tart by that definition wouldn't be a ravioli because it doesn't have meat in it. Okay, now I think it's interesting that Lucas went a different direction than you because I'm going to read his notes tonight verbatim. He said that a ravioli must be a must be pasta. So you're more on the meat side. He's more like a little meat, like it's a little it's a little pasta pocket with the meat inside. Right, but is 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 the ravioli a complete thing, or is it the style in which it's made? Mm, I'm not culinary enough to me either. That. Oh, I have no sweet clue. I'm ta- I'm just trying my hardest to come up with some questions. I think it's questions. a thing. It's, uh, it's, a, it's the end product of those things being put together becomes ravioli because the meat by itself and the pasta by itself are meat pasta. You put them together that way, it becomes ravioli, but not a Pop-Tart in my opinion. Well, the jury's still out, guys. Uh, I mean, science science still has not – science is yet to figure out what really is uh, a ravioli. Man, I used to really love Chef Boyardee ravioli. Yeah, right out of the can. I mean, yeah, no, hold on. Right out, of, right out after you cook it. <laughs> Shoot, I'm with you. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you get me. You get me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for another sponsor break. The part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody Do you have the opportunity to do what you do best every day? Chances are you don't, and all too often our natural talents go untapped. From the cradle to the cubicle, we devote more time to fixing our shortcomings than to developing our strengths. To help people uncover their talents, Gallup introduced the first version of its online assessment, the Clifton Strength Finder. 
which help millions to discover their top five talents. In Strength Finders 2.0, Gallup unveils the new and improved version of its popular assessment, language of 34 themes, and much more. While you can read this book in one sitting, you'll use it as a reference for decades. Loaded with hundreds of strategies for applying your strengths, this new book and accompanying website will change the way you look at yourself and the world around you. I took the assessment and found out that my top five were strategic belief, responsibility, maximizer, and developer, and it just gave me some insight into my personality and how I operate and how best to utilize that. It gave me some resources to see how to use those to my advantage and how to help with those areas that I'm not so good at. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at staring deep into my soul than Strength Finders 2.0, not a sponsor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're now moving into our questions. Christians are asking. We're going through a list of different questions. Um, that, well, it's pretty self-explanatory, Kenny. I don't know if I need to say it again. These are questions that generally Christians at some point or another ask. And we've been going through a few of them. And tonight we are coming to this one. And it's a big one. How can I overcome temptation? That's uh, that's a that's a pretty decent question right there. I think something that we've all asked in at one point or another. It's a in big our one. It it's is, a big one. It is a big one. Um, and we've got a lot of notes here on it. Do you want me to toss to you or how would you like to handle this one, Ken? Go, uh, go, go ahead. And I'll, uh, I will provide commentary from a safe distance. No, I'm happy <laughs> to be a part of the discussion. I think this is an important, I think this is an important question, how to overcome temptation, how we, how we deal with temptation. So just get into it, man. Let's, let's, let's hash this out. I, I, I will. And this isn't in my notes, but this was something I, I thought I wanted to toss right off the bat. I remember dealing with, I've dealt with teenagers an awful lot when it comes to temptation and they, you know, they, they ask this question and where they get tripped up on is they feel that temptation is sin, that being tempted by being tempted, they've already failed. And, yeah. they're, and they're living with this guilt and the shame of, of just, of the temptation. And I'll, you know, I'll ask when it's appropriate to ask, you know, did you give in to temptation or what happened, you know? And even in the cases where they, uh, quote unquote overcame, they still felt guilty and they still felt shame because they right. felt temptation was sin. Have you ever encountered that or that mentality? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it, it, yeah. I have. And it's, it's was a revelation for me. Um, and I'm not sure what point it was. It's, it probably wasn't as a teenager, maybe as a young adult, maybe even into my twenties or thirties of like, Oh, being tempted is not the same as like willfully mm-hmm. sinning mm-hmm. and, you know, committing a known transgression against or committing a transgression against the known law of God or man. Right. Um, and that was that was freeing for me and liberating, not to sin, but to uh, oh, when I'm being tempted in some way, this is like a little alarm clock going off of what am I going to do about this? Right. Um, I th- the other thing that came to my mind, and when I wrote the question in, the Lord started bringing a lot to my mind right away. So the notes kind of turned into almost a mini sermon on my part, unfortunately. Uh, and so we don't need to hit everything here, but. Uh, one of the thoughts that I had was that it's important for people, and we just said it, to understand that being tempted is not the same as sin. Um, and, and Kenny, you make a good point of it's, it's a flag, right? Like, of, okay, what are we going to do here? There, there's that f- fight or flight moment where you're, you're faced with the decision of, am I going to give in or am I not going to give in? And mm-hmm. I, and, and it, I will say this, um, sin, Sin is appealing because if it wasn't, we wouldn't give in. When temptation came, we if we recognized it for what it was, sometimes you know, do you, do you track what I'm saying here. Yeah, sin, sin ultimately is when we're giving into uh, playing God in oh, our lives. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. When it comes to temptation, 
it's important to know that you're not alone in being tempted. Oftentimes people feel like I'm the only one that's going through this or the only one that feels like this. And um, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Yeah. Now that can almost be a, you know, that could almost be a generalization because there's a few things that are important to understand there. Uh, that, that God won't let you be tempted beyond what, you know, people will say, well, God's not going to let you be tempted to be on what you can bear. Okay. Well, what is your relationship with the Lord like? Like to me, when I look at something like this, I kind of look at this as though this is, um, that there is a, a good relationship with the Lord. Uh, so that so that you are sensitive and aware of what he's doing in your life. This, I'm I'm not sure if if I'm making sense with that. Um, I'm following you. Yeah. So yes, God will provide a way out, but you need to kind of be in tune with what the Lord is doing in your life to recognize that. Um, yeah. You know, and the other thing too is when we talk about temptation, uh, that Jesus was tempted. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says, um, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This was, this was huge for me. This scripture was huge for me, Kenny, in, especially in what we were talking about right off the bat, that temptation isn't sin. If there was ever a, pr- a quote unquote proof text, which you don't want to do, you don't want to do proof texting, but if you ever wanted to look at a scripture that, that really spoke into that, we know that Jesus didn't <laughs> sin, and yet scripture says that he was tempted in every way. Right. Mm, I'm, I'm really enjoying your commentary. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm listening to you, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I, what, it, <laughs> so, it, sorry, it's, I mean, it's a, <laughs> here, I'm listening, I'm drinking it in. I'm, you know, I'm being, I'm, I'm growing here. Uh-huh. It's not, it's great stuff. It's scripture. How am I going to, how am I going to add to it? Now I have some thoughts on it. This is another mind blowing kind of revelation for somebody in, you know, whether, whether you believe in, in that Jesus is the son of God or not, but the idea that Christians believe that Jesus was tempted mm-hmm. and also that he was sinless. And so if he was tempted and sinless, then temptation can't be sin. But for a lot of people that, um, maybe are struggling in, in their walk with God or the relationship with God, I feel like God is inaccessible, far away, um, too transcendent and not enough you know, right. Present and imminence. Oh, Jesus was tempted like me. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if, if he can do it and he's given me the spirit to help resist temptation, then I can, I can do that too. doesn't make me Jesus. Um, but man, could you imagine, I mean, being on the cross, knowing that you could command yeah, the, yeah. all these legions of, of angels and, and just all the, just on your own, just be like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done with this. Yep. Yeah, this this is over. Mm. And man, that seems like it would be the greatest place of temptation. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as humans, we have an innate, um, um, uh, need or, uh, instinct for self-preservation. Did you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so you're, I think you're dead on something like that where he's, I mean, he knew what he was here to do, but he's still fully man. He felt every bit of that and had the authority to finish it, you know, however he wanted. And yet he still, he still chose to go through with it. That's crazy. Ken, I had never, I had never thought about it like that. I think the temptations he must have gone through with his disciples of just putting up with this motley crew of people <laughs> yeah. day in, day out. Like they were, they were doing life together. They were like on the road living, you know, life together, this group of guys. And there was a lot of other people around and they were staying at other people's houses, man. Could you, I mean, just think about the people that you live in community with mm-hmm. and the little irritable things and the things that Jesus could have done if he wanted to. 
just to mess with people. Huge temptation for me. In that situation, huge temptation. Seriously, though, yeah. He probably dealt with more temptation than we than we did because he could do more than we probably could. Do, do you know what I mean? Like one of his disciples is mouthing off. Well, I'm just going to say silence and and he's silent. No more, no more mouth. Just, right. Yeah, yeah. All sewn up. Ooh, that's a terrible picture. Peter. Yeah. Um, it's getting dark. So <laughs> the other thing, yeah, moving on. The other thing, uh, that I think is important when it comes to renew or when it comes to overcoming temptation is this idea of renewing your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Romans twelve two says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect." Now, I want to kind of pair this with recognizing patterns in your life as well. Uh, recognizing those places and those times when temptation comes. And I, I remember seeing a, a video actually at the Nazarene church. I believe the Nazarene church put out uh, a couple of years ago and it was, they showed in this video, the brain and, and how repeated patterns or repeated things that we do in life uh, form these pathways in our mind. And the more we do it, the more, you know, the more we go to that action or the more we go to that thought, this pathway becomes, you know, it's like a, it starts off like a dirt road kind of thing, right? Where you're, you know, you travel it, it's bumpy. You don't always go there, but the more you go there, the road gets paved. You can go faster. And then it's like a super highway where now it's just instantly this pathway from your, you know, from, from one thought to the next or one action to the next. You've done it so many times that you just instinctively go there now. And so, so when we're talking about renewing your mind, there is a literal rewriting of Mm. your brain. Uh, You know, like we're not just, yes, you know, there's a spiritual uh, renewal of your mind here, but there is, there is a physical, biological rewriting of the neural network, if you want to call it that, of your brain uh, because you are breaking habits and patterns that you have become so accustomed to. So, you know, it could be things like staying up late watching TV, right? Sounds very innocuous and not at all dangerous. But, you know, uh, actually we've had uh, now who's co-hosting with us, Matt Barber, talk about um, this acronym called HALT, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That those are the times when temptation, especially when the enemy hits you hard. And so... Uh, talking about renewing of your mind, I, I, when I think of that, I also think, so that's putting, you know, putting good things in and, and, and letting God, you know, rewrite your mind and the things that you think of and the things that you look at and, and, and also recognizing the patterns of, Hey, I feel tempted to do whatever when I stay up late and I'm playing a video game. Or when I'm, or when I'm on my computer and no one's around or, 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 you know, you fill in whatever blank it is that fits. Um, you've got to come to that place where you start to recognize those things and, and allow God to help break those patterns in your life, which I also, oh, go ahead. No, please. Well, I just, there's all types of things and all types of different ways that people are, are tempted. Right. All types of things that people are tempted to, all types of ways that people are tempted. And one of the things that I just appreciate about scripture and just believing it's inspired by God, and even as we're reading these different ones here, that these apply to my life and your life for whatever we're in the middle of. Mm -hmm. Oh, So, you know, we could talk specifics on different things, um, but, but the point is, this applies for me. I need my mind renewed. One of the one of the some of the imagery around this. This isn't very neurosciencey, brainy stuff, but the um, the idea of cutting ruts in my life. That you know, you think about a wagon train, and and over a long period of time, yeah, you know, in, in U.S. history with all the settlers that are moving west, and there's places that are not too far away from where I live here, over in uh, Oregon where you can still go and you can still see the wagon trail ruts really from where, yeah, they're like cut in rock or there's still pathways and trails there from where it was at. And it's just not used anymore. And it's part of like a, you know, national historic trail stuff. But I've, I've thought about that and then I've used that as an illustration before of 
what types of ruts am I cutting in my life? Hmm. And for, not just of where I'm going forward and easily for me to fill in what and who's coming behind me and see ya. Hi. Sorry. My daughter's going back to college. She was just visiting. Oh, cause she lives like 15 minutes away. Dude, we can pause. Go say, go. No, it's okay. No, it's, she was over yesterday. She hasn't had school. She, you know what? She's eating our food. She needs to go back where she's paying for <laughs> food. And I love her dearly. But, um, the, but these the idea of these ruts of like my kids, my daughter, my two boys, what ruts am I cutting in my life that my, my family may fall in behind me because I've cut these ruts so deep wow. mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. You know, my wife told me before, you're like the, you're like the emotional barometer barometer for our house. So whatever mood you're in, that's affecting mm-hmm. all of us because of how, I don't know, loud domineering and strong personality. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you can just, so I think about the ruts that I'm cutting my life are not just about me, but also about the people that I'm leading that are following me, that are coming behind me. And then what ruts do I need to fill in this idea of renewing my mind? What ruts do I need God's help in filling in? Mm. And for me, I mean, a really one that's people are going to be like, that's not a big deal. It is such a temptation for me, even though I'm not in full-time youth ministry anymore. I am a youth worker on Wednesday nights. When I get home from youth group, I want a bowl of cereal. Like I've got this rut cut in my life of like, I just, even when I'm not hungry, I'm just like, I want to have a bowl of cereal. But I, I eat that, and in the morning when I should be working out, I'm like, you know, I ate a bowl of cereal last night. I don't like – so that's not sin. I don't I don't think that that's sin. I'm not saying that that's no. sin. No, I know. But I'm learning. I'm trying to mature, and I'm trying to renew my mind. It is a self-control issue for me that could become sin and play over in other places. So I mean, I kind of I kind of stretch this out to a place where we're not exactly talking about sin. No, but no, no. These are this, self, this, this is, is a self-control thing in, in my life. Um, and there's other things besides a bowl of cereal on Wednesday night after youth group, but it's those little things that I'm trying to be tuned into, um, that I'm aware of that I need God's help with because I don't want to get to big stuff. I don't want to get to big things growing in my life that are so out of control and secrets and dark. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, I, I've, um, accountability is huge for me and I have, I have an accountability partner and just having real conversations with the people around me that I'm close to and, and, uh, loving people enough to ask questions sometimes about that I'm close to. Hmm. Um, I think that's a part of renew my mind, avoiding temptation. Um, yeah. I think the takeaway is if you're cutting ruts on the Oregon trail, you will die of dysentery. Yep. And a, you can't survive on squirrel meat. No, you can Which is probably why you got dysentery. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry. That was, <laughs> it was really serious. And then we went over here. I'm sorry. Which I think is great. The no, moment I did it. It's I, been on I my, it it's been on my brain since you mentioned, or the moment you Oregon. said the word Oregon trail. <laughs> I know. That's where you know, a little eight bit, 16 bit game with little squirrels. Oh yeah. Running across. I, yeah. That's the, one of the only reasons I would go to homeroom class. And when I was in junior high, that game high. is still alive and I, you can buy it for almost any machine. That's amazing. I'm sorry. Or download for free. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to, I don't want to gloss over anything here, but I'm not going to read all this scripture. Um, I do think another part of, of overcoming temptation is really knowing and being able to respond with God's word. The yeah. example that I would give is there's two of them. Uh, one where it goes well, one where it goes horrible. Uh, in Matthew 4, uh, 1 to 11, it actually says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And you can read all about it, Matthew 4, 1 to 11. And basically, um, the devil comes to tempt Jesus and he quotes uh, little bits of scripture and twists stuff. And, but Jesus knows the, the, knows the word. He knows what God is saying in the word and he refutes the devil and the temptations with the true word of God. And so, and, and you can read all about that story. And at the very end, after, um, you know, he, he, Jesus would say things like, you know, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. And then it says, the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Um, and another conversation would be fun is to talk about do Christians have ministering angels? Because uh, I think there's some scriptural evidence that would support Christians mm. having ministering angels. Anywho, um, but then the other example that goes horribly is Garden of Eden. Uh, you all, know, we all know the story of the fall, and but 
but what it was interesting is that when when the serpent came and was tempting Eve to eat the fruit, he misrepresented God's word. And Eve didn't know she she wasn't well versed in what God really said. In fact, if you were to, if you go back to the account and look at it, she misquotes God. Um, she says things that he didn't say. And then we see where that led to with Adam and Eve, um, you know, eating the fruit in the fall. And, and here we are today. Um, two examples of where knowing God's word and being able to respond with it are extremely important when it comes to temptation. For me, the biggest one in my life in regards to temptation is, is recognizing that I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and there's two forces at play for all of us. Um, there is our flesh side and our spiritual side, and those two are at war with each other. And um, Romans eight thirteen to 16 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And then uh, Galatians 5, 16 to 7, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Very quick analogy, and I've used it in sermons or in illustration, is a rubber band, an elastic band. And if you were to ask anybody to take an elastic band and pull and shoot it, they would grab it, put it on their thumb and pull it back equally. You know, if you picture it, you've got, you know, you pull, put your finger in, you stretch it. Both sides of this rubber band are equally uh, taunt and then you let it go. And it's going to be, it's just difficult over an audio medium. But if you could see that elastic band in the air in slow motion, what you would see is that it's actually, um, hitting itself in the air, uh, slapping back and forth in the air and the energy that is being spent doing that means that it won't travel as far as it could. Mm. And so there is actually what's called a, a quote unquote scientific way to shoot an elastic band where you actually, when you pull it back, you have one side being tighter than the other. And, and when you release it, it actually spins in the air in a circular motion and it will travel so much farther because the energy is being spent where it should be. Now, how this relates spiritually is that uh, if you were to look at that elastic band when you've got it pulled and one side is tighter than the other, you would say, if you let the spirit lead the flesh. And so if you imagine the spirit is being a point on this elastic band that then is going around the circle and the flesh is following and the spirit is leading. Your energy now isn't being spent in this fight between the spirit and the flesh. The flat, the spirit is leading the flesh in this pattern, this circle. And now you go further than you would have before. Really hard mm-hmm. to explain. I see that you picked up an elastic band. While on, I was I'm trying to make it work. I, I get the word picture that you just explained. Now I'm playing with rubber band. I got distracted. <laughs> there, <laughs> But it's good. Yeah, I, 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 somebody got somebody got a grant to research what you just explained I, at some point. I bet you they. I want to find out. I want to find out. But I I, I like it and and I get it. I I I, I want to believe that that the flesh and the spirit don't have to be at war with each other. I agree. And, and that the renewing is not just of our minds, but of our minds and our hearts and our spirits and our lives and our bodies. And, and, and that, that, that that's all being renewed. That's all being reconciled. That's all. But where's the, where's the weak link in the chain? Mm -hmm. For me, that's going to be the physical, whether that's whatever type of physical temptation that is, um, comfort, discomfort, um, uh, lust, Purity, right. uh, moderation, or three bowls of cereal after youth group on Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that just wait, hold on. That went from one bowl to three. Okay, I mean full confession. Okay, it's good for the soul. <laughs> it's except now instead of uh, being something super sugary, it's granola, which I'm the only person in my family that eats sugar, and so everybody gets upset about because the good healthy cereal's gone. Yeah, it's mm. true. Okay. They have a temptation to judge me because I'm the only person that will consume sugar recreationally. Well, hopefully they they um, are being led by the spirit and will be gracious and patient. And <laughs> that can't be true. When the, uh, <laughs> you make I, I, before we move on from this, 
Uh, is it, let me just, let's just ask this question. They ask, how can I? Uh, and I think we've given some examples, right? Uh, of how you can. And, and I think scripture is clear that, it, that, uh, that, you know, you can see that Jesus was tempted. You're not alone in being tempted. There are things that you can do in your life with God and with the filling of the Holy Spirit. So the question I want to ask is this, can you overcome temptation? I believe by the power of Christ's spirit in us, we can. Agreed. I understand that not all Christians believe that. I think that there there is theological framework within Christian history that just says we're sinners and we're always going to sin. And I tend to be more of a we we are sinners if we choose to sin, but we don't have to. Right. If God's Spirit, if we rely on God's Spirit. So, can I share my favorite scripture for like uh, overcoming uh, temptation? Please. Yeah, Second Corinthians ten five. This is. And it's the bottom part of it about taking our thoughts captive to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's an easy go-to one for me. Whatever the temptation is, and just mentally, just quietly in my in my head, in my heart, yeah. um, maybe connect my head. Because I think for me, that's where temptation kind of incubates is in my brain. That's why I think the mind needs to be renewed is because I think about something and then I dwell on it. So if I'm going to overcome temptation, I have to recognize that I'm thinking about it. I have to have enough awareness that this is happening. Um, so when I catch myself thinking about something that's, that I can recognize as temptation, I quote that to myself. I want to take my thoughts captive to be obedient to Christ. Hmm. That's one of my go-tos. Absolutely. Thanks, Ken. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hope that was helpful. I mean, you've got a lot of great the scriptures are here, but we got to put them into practice. And, and I think another way to overcome temptation is, I realize you're probably trying to segue us, but no, I'm not. This, no, I'm not. Is when am I tempted? And am I, do I keep putting myself back in a yeah, situation? Absolutely. Time of day situation. Where am I? What's going on? Like there's, I found patterns in my life to temptation. Yep. And so that's a renewing of mine. That's another awareness. That's taking, there's steps that lead to temptation that then we like harbor and cultivate that becomes this choice of, are we going, are we going to sin? And so, I mean, I, I think there's some things where it's like, oh, I just lied. Okay. But at some point I had to become okay with knowing that I was going to lie to where it became just like second nature in my mm-hmm. impulse reaction. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's these, there's this, these gradial steps of temptation. So if I can take my thoughts captive to be an obedient to Christ, then, um, what are the measures that I'm putting in place to make sure that I'm I'm never ever jumping over the hedge to sin, but I'm I'm encountering these barriers to temptation, and what am I doing about that? And that's that's a lot of work. That's not easy stuff. But then it becomes a habit. Right. It becomes a habit to make healthy life giving um, choices when faced with temptation instead of just doing whatever the heck I want because I want to and it feels good and it's what I want to do or um, I just didn't want to think about it. Man, that's a, that is a good thought that, and you're, and you're right. And that's, you've given us something practical to take away from this too, that we can put into practice. And you said, you said this, you know, we went through a lot of scriptures, but really you've got to put this stuff into practice. You've, you've got to take this and actually live it and do it. And it, be, and then it becomes, a habit. It becomes second nature to take your thoughts, you know, to, to get, to take them captive for Christ. And, and, um, no, I don't want to segue. This is, this is why we do the podcast. Yeah. Right? Cool. Well, another, another thought is I, I'd rather be fighting temptation than confessing sin. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, can we use that? Can that, that, what? Sure. I mean, well, I, well, I do. <laughs> I try to, I try, I try to live that way. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put, you gotta put that on something. Can you put that on a t-shirt? Maybe. I'd rather be, what did I say? You, okay, I'd rather you, be fighting temptation than confessing sin. Yes. Yeah. With, with, I don't know what, but I was thinking, I was thinking of some graphic. That's just how my mind works though. I hear something catchy like that and I want to put it on a t-shirt. Tattoo. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. effects. <laughs> um. All right. Cha-ching. <laughs> Cash it. <laughs>
All right. We're going to get out of this episode, Kenny. We've been going now for just about 50 minutes. So we're going to, we need to get you back on just to catch up on some things. I see some medals hanging behind you. I would love to talk about more in greater detail. I'd love to talk about how things are going at because, uh, international. I went full time. Did I tell you that? No. Save it for the next episode. I'm like full time for, it might be in a year. No. People listen to this. Come after the other guys listen to this. They might be like, you need to let that thing breathe. Like, don't bring that guy on for no, a while. Come, come back next week. Next week? Come back next week and talk with us again. Maybe. All right. This is really late to eat dinner, Brad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't do this two weeks in a row. Someone give him a cereal. <laughs> you do it every week, man. Mad, mad props to you. I, it takes a lot of fortitude and discipline, and, and, and you've got good momentum, and it's a good, it's a good thing. Well, hey, man, it, it's, I appreciate that. That's very generous of you. I do want to, I really do want to get you back. I would love to, to hear about what it was like to, you know, talk with Eric Samuel Tim and, and some of the other people you've been doing and talk about your podcast. And, uh, and why don't you, why don't you give us a plug on the podcast before you get out of, before we get out of here? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a noob at this. And, and so my, my role with Because International is the church suite manager. And we just we wanted to try something that was going to add value to churches that um, might be partnered with us. And I'm going to give a plug to a lot of things to our VBS as a mission project, yeah. or to their youth ministries in our shoebox curriculum series, or Operation Christmas Child, or you just want to take the shoe that grows on a mission trip. So we've got all these churches. We have a lot of churches interdenominationally that are connected to us. So we thought, what if we started growing out some resources of Really, it's me thinking who are interesting people that I'd really like to like talk to that I've known and have access to to get this thing started. So mm-hmm. Steve Corbett, when when Helping Hurts, had him on a couple times, um, talked to a lady named Joan Indicott that's a speaker, um, author and writer. Um, had, now I'm blanking on the people. Eric Samuel Tim was on there. Fuzz Keto from Australia. Um, I'm interviewing Jaffeth. That's the one international employee for – because international, but he's Kenyan and he lives in Nairobi and yeah. we have a factory opening up in Nairobi now. Um, wow. Well, a manufacturing plant that's beginning to produce the shoes. It's already, yep. um, but it's producing jobs over there. So this podcast is like reaching out to people, one that are connected to because in some way or two that I just think are really interesting. I don't know if you know, do you know who Mark Iaconelli is? I don't. Mark Iaconelli, his dad, Mike Iaconelli was one of the founders of youth specialties. Okay. Um, youth ministry resourcing stuff. And Mark's been really formative in my journey for Sabbath concepts and Sabbath retreats and stuff. I'm interviewing him um, in November. I think he's going to be our November podcast. We'll see. I just do one a month. I'm not like hardcore and veteran. Like how many episodes in are you with the Oxford Holy Club? Uh, including this one. This is, I believe, episode 68. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Unfortunately, I haven't had, we, well, I say unfortunately, I've enjoyed like having you and having other guests that come on. Uh, it's been, it's easier for us to just have the, the same crew, but I really do yeah. like having different people on and getting different voices and thoughts and opinions as well. Um, yeah. But it's, 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 you gotta, I'm learning, you gotta find your niche with this, mm-hmm. with the podcast thing, which I have not. I don't know what I'm talking about just seems like something that would be a good idea to do. And I feel like you have found not like a, like you're stuck in not a bad way, like niche, but like you've got a great thing going here and there's awesome dynamics between the guys that are part of this and the people that are listening and stuff. And, and I enjoy listening when I tune in and I enjoy being on and, and, and hanging out with you guys. And so of course I would love to come back. Good. Well, we'll get you on Kenny again because I, like I said, I want to hear more about what's going on in your life because you're one of those interesting people that I like talking to and and hearing about and catching up with. Uh, oh, thanks, Brad. So before we go, two quick things. Mm-hmm. If you were to stop eating, Kenny, this comes from Yahoo Answers. <laughs> if you if you stop eating, can you also stop brushing your teeth? The, the context that they all or they they add on, and also stop drinking things that aren't water. Uh, I mean, my initial, I don't want to just take an answer away from you, but my initial reaction was, of course you can, but only because you'll be dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You won't brush your teeth anymore because you've died. You died. 
do you have any any thoughts for this person that is trying to decide whether to give up eating or brushing? I just I've never thought about uh the relationship between if I don't eat because I, I want to eat, mm-hmm. then I don't have to brush my teeth anymore. Um, no, you can't. You, you I mean, I, think about like The Walking Dead. I mean, they're not eating very much anymore. Okay. But they probably have horrible breath, right? Okay. I, I, okay. I'm with you, I think. Okay, that got weird, but okay. I'm just, that's what came to mind. Well, I, I mean, it, they're zombies, so I presume whatever meal they have probably can't smell good. Does a, does some damage, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Okay. So that's the answer you're going with. Just think of The Walking Dead. Yeah. And then you'll know what to do. It's, it's written mm-hmm. in your heart. You'll know the answer. Yep. Yep. Okay. Find a sharp object and move on. All right. Yep. Kenny, okay. do, do you play much board games? Do you play many board uh, games? N- no, but I'm interested. All right. Well, then tell me one board game that you've never played, and yet you would recommend it to to the Oxford Holy Club. Hmm. Settlers of what's it called? Catan? Oh no. Yeah, Settlers of Catan. Not the best yeah, recommendation. It seems like people play that all over the world, and they think it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, help you here. Settlers of Catan is a great game. Even my son has been playing it since he's been five. Okay, let me give you a legitimate one. Maybe sure. one that you've heard of, maybe you haven't. Real game. It's I have it in my house right now. Yeah, uh-huh. The farming game. Ne- I've never heard of it. I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Farmville. That's a Facebook game. Nope. It's oh. the farming game. It's a board game that was created by farmers in eastern Washington, United States. And all these towns, like where my wife grew up at, and farmers don't like to play it because it's too real. And there's PTSD from their farming experiences being dryland farmers. The farming game, harvest the fun. The game invented on the seat of a tractor. See, it's a real thing. Hundreds sold. Wait, no, sorry. Hundreds of thousands sold. And I have like, we have like a board game from like the 80s, not the new one that you can buy. Maybe you can still buy. I don't know. You can, you can buy the farming game right now. It on Amazon, it has uh four and a third star review. I didn't know you could do third. <laughs> uh, That's a legitimate third that it earned there too. It's a weird game. I mean, it's just, it's pretty basic. You're going to, you're going to get cattle. You're going to get, you're going to get hay. You're going to get grains. You, you really want to get it into those those cherry trees because that's where the money's at. And if you roll the night right number on the dice, I mean, you're just you're just going to clean up, and you're going to put the other farmers out of business. And it's like Monopoly, kinda. Not really. It's not like Monopoly at all. It's not like Monopoly right, at all. You're taking all that back. But a farmer created this on the seat of a tractor. Like he was thinking about this, and like, I, you know, can you imagine you're going along on your tractor and you're like, how can we make this fun? I'm not having fun. How how do we do that? Let's turn it into a board game. Okay. My father-in-law, dryland wheat farmer, uh, second generation, refuses to play this game because he's done farming. Yep. And doesn't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> but we need the we need farmers. Thank you, farmers, for making real food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not pop tarts or pizza pops. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say it. Thank I you. I didn't say it. But, I almost did. I didn't say it. But in all seriousness, thank you to the farmers. That's right. For, and you know what? Uh, we 1%. Actually, well, we have we have a farmer, at least one farmer that I know of that listens to the podcast. Um, and so in all seriousness, thank you for what you do. I grew up on a farm and I know what it's like. And it is sometimes a thankless job and a lot of early mornings, late nights. And and yeah, so thank you very much. Um and thank you to all the other listeners who have spent this time with us while eating your pop tarts and other processed meats and Buffalo wings. Food. <laughs> it was so funny because one of the questions I didn't put on here that I'll probably put on for next week's is if you, uh, if your sheets were any kind of processed meat, what would they be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, oh, I get that. Oh. Right. 
anyway, you should you should really explore that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna explore the space, you know. Uh, anyway, thank you, <laughs> listeners, for taking this last uh, hour. It'll be an hour by the time we're out of here. And Kenny, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us tonight. It's a pleasure, man. Thanks, Brad. And remember that you can send any of your questions to us uh, at our Gmail at OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OxfordHolyClub. And if you do use the social medias, use our hashtag OHClub because then we can just search for that and see what you've been saying. If you do leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, just like if you remember uh, Melissa Candy did or maybe Lucas, hard to tell. But if you leave one of those on iTunes or some other platform, we'll search. Believe me, I search. Uh, if we catch it, we will read it on the air. And not only that, but you can call into the show and leave a one-minute voice message. The link is in the description for that. Ask us anything or leave us a comment. You know that we don't pay to advertise because we keep telling you and you've never seen us advertise. So any growth that we have comes from you sharing and liking and promoting it on our behalf. And we really appreciate that. But more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.